Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Danielle, and we're from Femme Catholic. Femme Catholic is a media company reconciling women's real-life experiences with the truth of our faith. We recently released a report on the state of maternity leave in the U.S., and then launched Building a Civilization of Love, a campaign for paid family leave in the Catholic Church. In the first two episodes, we talked about why we started this campaign and the theology behind support for maternity leave and working women. This episode, we want to talk about why do people need maternity leave? The biology of it all. (laughs) Danielle and I know a lot about this because we actually have seven kids between us. Yep. I have four. And I have three. Lots of birth. Yes, lots of birth. So, And we have a lot of different experiences between us. So for many of you listening out there probably have not given birth or will never give birth. We will not be too graphic, but we are going to talk about the reality of how God designed women's bodies to give birth. So I have had a what's called a normal vaginal delivery with each of my three kids. So they, I guess, were born normally. I don't know. (laughs) I did have to get stitches with two of my kids and actually at six weeks postpartum. So If you've listened to the other episodes, I think we've talked about this, but in America, one in four women go back to work after two weeks, two weeks after giving birth. That's still like newborn fog, isn't it? Yes. I mean, that's like you're not even showering at that point. I don't know. (laughs) Hopefully at least once. Yes. Yes. At least (laughs) once by then. But like you're, you're still on the couch at two weeks. I mean, nobody should be going back to work at two weeks postpartum. It seems like that would be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. At six weeks postpartum with my second, I remember I had had stitches and I thought I had been resting a lot. And so we were going to go for a walk around the block just to go outside and get some fresh air. And I got halfway down the block in Chicago. And I was like, I have to turn around because I was not ready to go for that long of a walk. So You think about one in four people are going back to work two weeks postpartum. This was six weeks postpartum, which a lot of people who take short-term disability, which is especially in a lot of Catholic dioceses, their policy is six weeks short-term disability. That's still really, really, really early to be going back to work. Yeah. And I have had four C-sections and I had, you know, really different experiences even for each C-section. But my second one especially, that was my really hard one. Somehow after my first C-section, I did pretty good. I don't know if it's just like I didn't really know (laughs) that I should be taking it easier than I was. But after my second C-section, I had a lot of pain at my incision. I mean, it really is a a surgery. You still have to care for your newborn. And I also had a 22-month-old at the time. So he was very busy. And... Well, and tell people what, you know, C-section is. Like, don't don't they take out, like, all of your organs? It's not just, like, they kind of pop into the uterus and take baby. And it's, I think they, like, rearrange everything. Yeah, I think, I think it's pretty detailed. Honestly, I didn't look. <laughs> 
I wouldn't look either. All right, go Google. So we're not gonna we're not gonna play doctor here. We are not doctors, but go Google what a C-section is. If you're bold, I'm sure there are videos online. Yeah, there you go. But it's it's a a lot. Like so, it's you know you're when you say your incision. I just want people yeah. to realize it's not like a paper cut. No, I mean they they go through all of your abs to get lower. You know to get baby out, mm-hmm. and there's definitely a lot of recovery, even just. Oh man, Sam, like trying to roll over in bed after a C-section is so hard because Mm. you don't have abs. Like they're not attached, right? They need to heal. (laughs) I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So I would like do, (laughs) I would like do all sorts of things to like use my arms because you don't want to try to use your abs, especially within the first couple of weeks to like roll myself over or like if you ever have to cough or sneeze, it's like you have to grab the nearest pillow because again, any big movement in your abs is just so painful. And they say like, wow. don't carry anything heavier than your baby for the first, I don't remember if it was the first week or two weeks. They said like nothing, not even a gallon of milk. Like you, you want to carry nothing heavier than your baby within those first couple of weeks because you need to let your abdominal area heal. Wow. Um, so, well, so can you drive? So they they tell you not to drive because you usually have heavy medication, you know, because it is it's surgery. So they send you home with painkillers. And so, yeah. yeah, you're not supposed to drive. Uh, I wish I remembered. It's either one week or two weeks. And I actually think based on my hospital, they had different recommendations. I know that mm-hmm. at one of my hospitals, they said two weeks. But the other reason is if you're driving and you need to like throw your, you know, throw your foot on the brakes. That's just could be too quick of a movement. Yeah. That coming from that, that core area. And like I said, I've had varying degrees. My fourth C-section was actually brilliant. I just, by that time after four, I sort of knew the tips and tricks, like get up and walk as soon as you can feel your feet is one of the things that really helped me. And I felt like that helped recovery. But like after my second, I was crawling up the stairs for at least two weeks. Like I could not do that motion. Crawling up the stairs. Yes. Right. And like, I could not do the motion of like lifting my leg to get up the stairs. And so I like literally had to crawl, which sounds embarrassing. (laughs) But no, it's, I think that anybody who has given birth or if you've been close to somebody who's given birth, it is a major medical event. Yeah. And why God had designed it that way, I don't know. We could have laid eggs or something, but <laughs> oh, <gosh>. that's <laughs> this is how God designed women's bodies. And I think we need to, you know, it's revealing something to us, but there's there's a lot that goes into it. And I think in society, we're so sheltered from pregnancy mm. and childbirth. And, you know, you see cute baby Pampers commercials, but it's really important to talk about what is happening. Mm-hmm behind the scenes sort of right now and, and and bring that out into the light just so we understand the support that women and babies and families need because I think it's one in three women have C-sections in the United yeah. States or one in three births is a C-section. Mm-hmm. So C-sections are very, very common. And even with what they call normal vaginal deliveries, you know, I have had very uncomplicated births, all three of mine. And there's just a lot of different complications that can happen for women. And this is just, we do need to normalize 
the reality of this and how God made our bodies. Yeah. And I think to those first, I'll say three months even, there's sort of that newborn fog. You know what I mean? Like where you're you're not sleeping as much as you're used to, baby's up in the middle of the night. Your schedule is just so different with a newborn and you're caring for the newborn, right? They don't go far from you, especially if you're breastfeeding. Yeah. They don't They don't go far well, from they you. Eat, I mean, they eat like every 90 yep. minutes. And I remember when people, I've had multiple friends be kind of similarly shocked. It's 90 minutes, but the clock starts over, like when baby starts eating. Right. So they, they start eating, you know, at midnight. And then they're eating for at least a half an hour maybe yeah, right cuz they're slow mm-hmm. and they're so little mm-hmm. <laughs> their little bellies their little mouth so maybe okay they stop by 12:30 you sleep for an hour 1:30 they're yeah, back up they're hungry ah, again they want to mm-hmm. eat again you know so you're sleeping in hour chunks mm-hmm. and that's again that's just how god made yeah. it well and there is really something so beautiful about that no more time i remember it like yeah it almost to me felt like it was just this is so silly but like it almost felt like there was something kind of magical about that time too just like so special nothing else is going on yeah it's totally yeah and just like everything's about baby right you're learning like about this tiny human who was inside of you for nine months and um Mm -hmm. just really getting to know them and life goes slow like there's no going fast or like hustling when you have a newborn, yeah. it's just like a totally <laughs> different no pace of life. And so there is yeah. something really special, I would say, about that time, too. Like, I, I just remember really fondly even climbing up the stairs and, you know, all the sorts of things that happen postpartum to women, all of the healing. But there still really is this, like, special aspect of it that I really treasured with each of my children. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's an incredible thing that the baby you carried inside of you literally for nine months, then God designed your body to nourish that baby so they can survive. I remember my husband saying, it's incredible that now you can just feed his baby and that's, that's all they need to survive is you and for you to, you know, your well-being and I think having dads around to support moms mm-hmm. after baby is born is really important times, yes. because sometimes, sometimes in these conversations about leave, there is such a focus on maternity leave, which of course is the focus, but family leave really does, in my opinion, need to include all parents for many reasons. But I mean, like you said, you, you couldn't drive yeah. and you were crawling up the yeah. stairs with your one right. child. And you know, you, if you have other children, you need dad mm-hmm. home. You're, I mean, you're not even supposed to be lifting right. anything. Definitely not no. a toddler that weighs more than right, 10 pounds. Right, exactly. And even just... That was the toughest thing for me was after having subsequent kids, I could not pick up my other kids. And so, like, if they... I mean, even it's a danger thing where... Right. You know, two and three-year-olds are jumping <laughs> off the couch. It's like, I'm not allowed to... Right, because right, you could injure yourself <laughs> in the process of yeah. helping them not injure themselves. Yeah. And even just for like cooking, right? Like I need lunch and. <laughs> yeah. And I, that mean- well, because you're feeding baby mm-hmm. nonstop. You are literally feeding mm-hmm. baby, sleeping 
and just trying yeah. to function nonstop. And you need somebody to help you make food or clean up or do laundry yeah. or all the Baby other needs things mom that are going on. Mom needs dad. <laughs> like, and for dads to bond with the baby. Definitely. Because I think just to have that connection early on and to start to learn babies rhythms and, and cries um, yeah it it really sets the stage i think for parenting in general like the couple parenting together and supporting mm-hmm. each other in those early days because otherwise i think it's very 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 easy for mom to be the only one who has that time and that connection with baby and then it is harder for dads to get plugged in. And we like we know how important fathers are, obviously. Mm-hmm. So starting off well, it really is important. Definitely. And I think, too, like during those early days, like we were talking about, babies are especially vulnerable during that time, right? That they need, they fully depend, I mean, really, for more than for a couple of years on like their caregivers, especially mom, like you were saying. Yeah. It's a time where that bonding happens, like you said. And there's so many studies even on like skin to skin in the first two weeks, how important that is for brain development for the baby, for... And for people who don't know, that's like letting the baby kind of just rest on you like on your skin having that skin to skin connection between mom and baby or dad and baby like i remember the nurses telling me like if mom or dad could be doing skin to skin much of the time that's so helpful for baby it like it like helps uh regulate their heartbeat and their temperature absolutely possibly there's so much i mean because if you think about it baby was literally inside of mom I mean, it's incredible what God yeah. designed for us and and for the way that humans come into the world, the way that God came into the world through Jesus and through Mary, this connection that we all have to each other, that is, it reveals something about people and about God, and it is so intertwined. And actually, one in 10 babies are born wow, premature. Yeah, which I'm really passionate about. I did not have any premature children, but my first baby, Liam, did have to spend a week in the NICU for a couple different Mm -hmm. medical things. And so I was also in the hospital with him for that first week, trying to learn how to breastfeed and pump. And so we didn't even go home for that first week. And, you know, often I had a good friend who just had a baby unexpectedly six weeks early. You know, so if you think about having potentially leave from work that's only six Mm. weeks long and you have a baby six weeks early you make it to the due date (laughs) yeah you make it to the due date and i mean babies especially if they are born premature just need so much more care and just that time to start out is so important babies are so Mm -hmm. vulnerable and we had some great research compiled on our website femcatholic.com There's an article about the biological need for maternity leave and paid leave actually reduces infant mortality, which I thought was incredible. The research that's out there and the more paid leave that women have up to six months paid or up to six months of leave, 
is shown to reduce postpartum depression all the way up to six months. And then it, it sort of plateaus at that point. But that too, like that early bonding, your hormones are changing so much. Postpartum depression is is very common. And for women to have time to even just address their own medical needs, you know, you're taking baby mm-hmm. to doctors in the early weeks. That was one of the reasons that researchers think that infant mortality is reduced with more time at home with baby because parents have more uh, more of an eye on baby and then also are able to take them to the doctor when they notice things. So they don't have that like, barrier of time or schedule, right? So they see something they can go when the doctor has availability. Yeah. Well, because if you have work and you just, you know, you're having to go back to work, there is that pressure that like, mm. oh, do they really need to go? Or you're potentially handing baby off to a caregiver who might not be as observant um, even if it is a relative, they might just they just don't know yeah. your kid the way that you do. I do find it really interesting too that puppies are not even supposed to leave their mom until yeah. eight weeks. And yet we're sending so many women back to work mm-hmm. at two, three, four, five, six weeks postpartum. I just think it, you know, again, it's biology, it's the way God designed it. And it really becomes a deeply human dignity issue when we look at at the biology here. So with all of that said, I think it's clear that biologically, women, dads, babies, even I want to emphasize adoptive parents, families, it's so important biologically Mm -hmm. for families to be together in those early weeks There are medical benefits that have been studied and researched all the way through six months postpartum. FMLA in in this country was determined to be a minimum of 12 weeks. So we know that medically, 12 weeks is incredibly important. But what does that look like on the organizational side? So my background is in business. I know that Danielle has worked for parishes, had some involvement in the diocese, and We know that money doesn't grow on trees. So what does this look like at an organizational level? That's what we're going to talk about in the next episode on the Femme Catholic Podcast for building a civilization of love. Thanks for listening to the Femme Catholic Podcast about building a civilization of love, our campaign for better paid family leave policies in the Catholic Church. Learn more about our work at femcatholic.com and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.